0: today i got somebody on that i'm really excited about who's gonna give us give us some insight into the world of working out strength and conditioning performance uh jake nitchie how you doing
1: i'm great how are you uh
0: well i'm fantastic the weather outside's not that great but I- i'm doing great <laughs> inside right now um yeah. i just want to say thanks for coming on and and i'm really excited to dive into this interview just because um, a lot of people have questions about working out and performance and things like that and and i 'm hoping that today through this interview we can shed some light for parents out there coaches out there on the proper ways what you know what 's considered a good workout things like that where we can break it all down for people so 'm uh, super excited to have you i'm i'm i 'm excited that you 're going to be able to share some light into us
1: yeah it 's you know i love I love talking about it i I love doing it. Um, and I think it's you know, a really important topic, especially when we talk sports, um, to focus on off ice and on ice uh, product, right? They both intermingle with each yep. other. So yeah, I'm to start talking about this.
0: Perfect. So before we get into the interview and the, and the meat of everything, I want to do a lightning round of the it's something that we do now for people that are watching or listening to get to know you as a person better. So you ready to go.
1: Oh yeah, let's get it.
0: So I'm going to rip these <laughs> questions off quick hence the lightning round. I'm looking for a, a uh you know one-two word answer, no elaboration and just say the first thing that comes to your mind. All so right. let's rock. So who was your first coach?
1: Um Steve Glickman um in house league over in in Chicago. What a really influential person
0: in my life actually? <laughs> well, name your favorite coach. Uh, My
1: favorite coach should have to be my first junior hockey coach, Marty Quarters in uh, Wisconsin.
0: Okay. Um, would, 50-50 chance. So what? 50% chance it works, 50% chance it doesn't work. Would you block a shot with your face to win a Stanley Cup?
1: Oh, yeah, 100% every time, <laughs> every day.
0: <Yeah. laughs> uh, what player can you beat one-on-one in the NHL?
1: Oof. Uh, I think I, think I got Biznasty's Nasty's number, Paul Bissonnette. <laughs> Yeah, I get,
0: I <laughs> okay. So you get ten penalty shots on Patrick Waugh on his Prime. How many do you score? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> um play a game with a wrong handed stick or play the game with skates on your wrong feet.
1: Wrong handed stick, because we've I've done that in practice uh with in juniors. We did the game like that to start the, the thing off every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if if I were a cheeseburger minus the cheese, is it still a cheeseburger? No. <laughs> <laughs> what animal scares you?
1: Um, eels. Eels. Think <laughs> fishy. <laughs> uh,
0: pick one player in NHL history to be your team's captain.
1: Sidney Crosby, no doubt.
0: Okay. Pick two line mates for you that are currently in the NHL. Um,
1: McDavid
0: and McKinnon. Okay, so you're gonna pick Crosby as your captain, but you're not gonna pick Crosby as your line mate.
1: No, I mean, <laughs> those are two young young guns. Uh, yeah, I, I work for them. Okay, give them the puck, me <laughs> he, He's had his light, right? He's he had a good career. Yeah, I give it to the young guys now. Pass the torch.
0: And then I get this. I get this. I answer a lot, and I even gave it as far as having Crosby as your captain. What is? Why did you pick that? And why do you think other people are picking Crosby so much as the captain?
1: He's so composed. He's you know the best at what he does. Uh, he does it all. He doesn't just do one thing. He's not just a goal scorer. He's not just an assist assistant guy. You know he he works hard in the corners. He's he's that he's who every player should model their game after, right? He's a yep. good person. He's a good player. Does the right things. Keeps low, like out of the media and stuff. There's just just an all-around good person. I think that's really important when you're thinking of, you know, a leader. Mm -hmm. um, And that's why he's the best player in the game.
0: And you see it in the, I mean, I I follow Instagram a lot. And you see all the Instagram posts that he has of his training and and what he does. But Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I think everybody has loved about what makes Crosby a good leader is, I think uh one of the great assets he has is the fact that he can he's willing to do everything. He wouldn't like it's kind of like mm. the new Michael Jordan kind of memes that are out there right now. Crosby in my opinion probably wouldn't ask people to do anything he wouldn't do. Yeah. Um and that's an unbelievable trait captains have. And, you know, it's like you see him, the way he works off the ice, he's the first one there, last one to leave. And um, and then the other thing, too, you brought up that I really like is is um, he does a great job of how he's composed, and he always does the right thing, says the right thing. And, I mean, you at Rule One Sports, um, you know, you guys kind of help work players. I'm sure that's got to be something you guys talk about, right, Is your off-ice behavior?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, that's a very important thing when you're trying to get recruited um you know we've had people touch on in the past being someone that they can trust and that they're not going to have a problem with you know they're getting high character person off mm-hmm. the ice as well as on the ice um it, it's it's so important um and it can make or break your career at times yeah We just had the issue with that guy in um in washington right where he yeah. you know got you know caught up in the social media with his friends or whatever and you know, now he's on his fifth team in his fourth year in the league. So, you know.
0: It's, it's crazy. Cause I, I, you know, we run camps all the time in, in Fond du Lac. And one of the things we always tell kids is like, you like, whatever you put on social media is like a 12 year old could come back and haunt you as like a 16, 17 year old. And um yeah. it's, um, it's scary. Like, you know like a decision you made at 12 could haunt you at 18. And and that's the other thing too. I mean, I've told, I've told us the to kids and, and college coaches, junior coaches have said this, like they do background checks on your social media. They have professional people who will go and, and research you to see what things you've said and everything <laughs> like that. And I mean, they'll dig up dirt on you. So, um, you know, be yeah. careful what you're putting out there, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, when I when I played in uh, North America, like they they asked me for my social media and stuff, and you know we had to sign like this agreement that we wouldn't put certain things on social media, you know, the privacy and all that, and you know, mm-hmm. uphold standard for the organization. Um, so yeah, in this day and age, social media can get you in a lot of trouble, but at the same time, you want to build your own brand, right? Like you yep. said, these NL characters, they they, they want to have. You need to have personality. to um, mm-hmm. Build your brand and build like a following for you know, your life after hockey in that, in that level, but you gotta be smart with what you're putting out there too at the same time.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I mean, we've been at the hockey factory camps. We've been talking about this for a few years now, because it was a crazy story we had once where, uh, one of our instructors came in and he showed me something on Twitter and I was like, what? And he's like, and I read it and I was like, is this that kid that's in our camp? And he's like, yeah. I was (laughs) like, how did this pop up for you? And he goes, I'm friends with her. We go to college together. And Mm -hmm. I was like, but why is he, how is this like 12 year old kid commenting on And how does the kid have Twitter to begin with? And the kid had said something completely inappropriate. And I'm like, I'm at the time, I'm like, I'm a 35 year old man and I'm reading what this player said. And it was like, it was mind boggling that this like, and it just shows you like how one post one kid made you know, uh, you know, you know, probably not thinking a big deal about it or or anybody would see it. And here I am, you know, two days later, and I'm looking at it going, you got to be kidding me. Like, and it shows and your you that whole,
1: your whole perspective their perspective of that kid changes now. Yes. That comment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh yeah, that's that's what we always tell kids, watch out. But let's get let's get to know you and what you do and um at rule one sports. So can you just first give me your kind of job description at Rule One Sports?
1: Uh so I do the I'm head of strength and conditioning with
0: Rule One Sports and you know I, I dip
1: my hand in as the advising as well. And- uh, I, I try not to do too much of that, right, because the strength and conditioning keeps me plenty busy. And there's a lot of work I have to put in that to make sure, you know, everyone's taken care of. So I, I handle a couple of kids with advising, but nothing I can't. I don't overwhelm myself yep. with it. So I'm giving the, the right amount of attention to everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you talk about, you know, being a performance coach and a strength and conditioning coach and things like that walk me through what it is that you actually your like daily your daily kind of interaction with these athletes who are with rule one sports is
1: so with rule one it's kind of a interesting dynamic it's mm-hmm. un, it's kind of untraditional right like yep. we have players all over the country and mm-hmm. obviously, I can't work with them in person, yep. uh, every one of them. So, you know, our Chicago guys, I'll, I'll bring into our, our gym I work at um, and work with them in person. But for those other guys, those other kids, it's a lot of, you know, online programming, um, sending them Excel sheets, having our, our app make sure it's running well and has good explanations of what they're doing. Um, I'll do video FaceTime sessions with them one-on-one kind of as if I was mimicking them being in my gym, you know, where I yep. supervise them, make sure forms all correct. Um, so it's, it's a big juggling act of trying not to lose those kids, um, with what's going on and, and not being with them, making sure I'm checking in on them every day, send them a text. Hey, um, my app lets me know like when they did the workouts so and like, Hey, how'd the workout go? Um, you know, how'd this exercise go? did you like this one, anything you want to change, anything you want more in there. And it's just like a a constant game of communication with them to make sure me and that athlete are on the same page at all times and there's no gray
0: area. And then as far as COVID-19 and safer home orders that we're currently in right now, what, like, how has that changed your business right now and how you interact with kids?
1: It made, made me adapt, right? Adapt and yep. evolve. Um, I don't like, honestly, it's not ideal to to be in this situation where, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have equipment to work with. You know, some kids have no equipment. Some kids have like a full-size gym in their house, which makes it much easier. Um, But that's been the, the biggest hurdle, right, is every program I have to make now is, is adjusting to what that kid has available to him and finding a way to make it beneficial to the point where it's not just a workout to get them tired or, or keep them in in shape Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's to have a goal in mind and actually get something out of the workout, whether that's to make them faster, make them more explosive, make them stronger with what we have available. Um, that's been kind of the biggest challenge is trying to get creative with that. And, yeah, and being able to progress things when you don't have more weight and you don't have certain kind of equipment so it's made me it's forced me to adapt and and be creative in my situation so I can still put out the best product I can
0: yeah isn't it funny how uh, and you and I were talking offline about this before we got on about how um, this time has made everyone get creative and you And one of the great things about this time is that the people who are able to innovate and get creative have been the ones that are, that, you know, hopefully when this ends are going to succeed. And then we also talked, you mentioned something earlier, and I want you to touch on it, but the personal relationship that you've been able to cultivate with these kids because of this, you've said is, is really like taken off, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, That personal connection I think can make or break whether or not you have a client um the first thing i tell every single client when i get on the phone with them when they you know they either sign up with me to work out with me or just enroll in general is you know hi my name is jake i'm here to support anything you need i'm here to you know give you the the tools that you need to be successful don't hesitate to ask me anything Um, Mm. i'm not just your coach Mm. i'm your friend um you know just making sure we really have that that trust in each other that I'm not going to do anything that's not going to help them and that I have their best interest in mind and not, it's, it's not about, you know, the company at that point, it's making that player the best he can be in raising his potential and giving, empowering him. Empowerment yeah. is the, the biggest thing when it comes to coaching. You can be the smartest person on the, on the planet but if, if you don't have that connection with that player and you can't make them feel wanted and, and good about themselves, you're not going to get the, the best effort out of them and you're not going to see results.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's one of the things that I've found through these views from the bench and and uh, other social media type things that I've been doing is that um, the the ability to have a connection with uh, people out there, your clients or, or skaters or things like that has... It has been needed now more than ever, and I, I've always tried to tell coaches that I've been talking to, like, like you know, make a video, send it to the kids that you've coached. I'm like, I go, in, I'm like, you trust me, like they don't care if you if you misspeak or something like that. Like, it's it's just it's the fact of that, that connection you have with them, you know, like the vulnerability you show on these videos yeah. and the vulnerability that you're you're showing the world. Like, I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, yeah. you know, like people aren't expecting you to be polished they're not expecting you to you know act like you're a you know channel 7 news anchor i'm like they're expecting you just to be you and that's the biggest thing i told coaches is reach out to your kids like let them know you're there for them let them know that you know you can you know you're there you can talk and things like that and you know most people are like no i don't want to do that like i I hate my hate the way i sound on camera and i i hate the way know like my hands look or something crazy and i always tell people like it's it's okay like it doesn't matter like yeah those people that were watching this video they appreciate the what you're doing for them and and i think people like yourself when you you talk about that personal connection that you built with your with players and you build new clients and Mm -hmm. things like that that's what's that's what sells that's what makes you know, people successful, especially now, like, you know, that's what makes good coaches, the ones who are willing to put themselves out there right now. And then even after this time, ends, like, coaches who are willing to say like, hey, here's me. I'm here for you guys. Like, I'm your coach. I care about you guys. And you know, like, we'll get through this together. Like, those are the people that are really in this day and age and right now are being successful. And I think you've, you hit the nail on the head with that. So that personal connection that you're creating you know, you said, you said, you, you know, hey, my name, you know, you said, you said, you introduce yourself and you know, like, I'm here for you. Like, that's huge, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like when I, my first trainer I had, you know, when I was 15, 16, he, like, he is the reason why I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. Right? He, I'm I still talk to him now. He's, he's out of the business right now, but, you know, he connected with me so well. And like, I knew he had my back. I knew you know, like he was my friend. It wasn't, he wasn't just a coach. I went in there to the gym, did my workout and left. Right. Like we have, I'd stay, I'd come early. I'd come 45 minutes early to my workout to stretch and just, you know, talk to him and, you know, pick his brain about stuff. And, you know, I'd stay after an hour to, you know, do some extra work with him and just, again, talk to him. And, you know, like it, it, again, he built that relationship with me and he had a client forever. If he, you know, stayed in the, the business. Right. And that's, the biggest thing and he he was a huge role model for me and you know i kind of changed my life right like i didn't i don't think i would have been in this position and in this career path if i didn't have someone like that in my you
0: know my life at that time so 100 so. percent. and that's the thing we, i've talked about in the show the impact coaches have on, on kids like you may not think yeah. you're having that big of an impact on them but then if you look back and see the coach had an impact on you and why they had an impact on you. I bet you if you hadn't told that coach that, he, they would be blown away, like, you know what I mean? And, and I've yeah. told coaches, I've reached out to coaches, like I was taught, I had my college coach on here and I told him the impact he had on me and he was like, what? He's like, seriously? And yeah. like, he had no idea. And I think that's one of the things, he, and we talk about it, is that if you're a coach, you can have a relationship with your skaters that is positive and cultivating that allows those skaters to take whatever you say and grow with it. And I think that's one of the things that makes a great coach, a great coach is his ability to connect, right? It's his ability to be vulnerable and show like, Hey, I'm your coach, but you know, I'm also here for you as a player. Um, And those are the things like you said, with your coach, it it causes you, you know, like, you know, 10 years later to be like, dude, like you, you changed my life. and. And that's the other thing, too, is, like, I I think sometimes coaches don't realize that even, like, a small interaction with a skater can influence their life. You know, you don't have to be a a skater or a coach that's been, you know, coaches them for three years to have an impact. Sometimes coaches have an impact just over a weekend, right, just over a, a a half a season or a quarter of a season. And, you know, so, like put a lot of stock in that when you're communicating with your kids is that like something you're doing or saying could either negatively or positively influence that skater's life for the rest of their life, man. And, um, and you, you said something <laughs> earlier too, like, if you think about it, like you probably coach the same way he coaches, right? I mean, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably- try to bring a lot of energy to the gym, yep. you know, make it fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like working out and, and getting better should be enjoyable it, it should be a chore um you know like when you're you there's times to like get to work and you know take it seriously but you got to make it an enjoyable environment at the same time you know pump your kids up um again just make them feel like they're wanted there and you know talk to them like when they're coming in give them a fist bump or something you know say like act like you're happy to see them you know just make them feel wanted right and yeah. and then your knowledge and whatever else you bring to the table will just be taken in so much more. And, you know, again, you you talk about buy-in as a coach on the ice and, and, and sports, or whatever, same thing in the gym, you yep. need buy-in from your, your kid, your athlete on your program, right? Yep. If they're, if they're questioning, questioning your programming and, and whatever, which is fine. Like I, I tell my guys, I want them to question me and I want them to ask questions and why we're doing things. And, and teach the why and the reason behind things but if they're questioning you in a in a negative way as to okay like why are we doing this like what are what's your thought like am, are you, is this my best interest or is this you know because you're you're not really putting too much thought into it if as soon as those thoughts come in it, it's hard to get them back right and then yeah. that's where the connection comes in where they know that if they know that you are doing it for their best interest and you're giving your 100% effort to them, they're going to give that back to you.
0: Yep. So that's one of the things, too, I've told coaches to do. Um, it's, and I've told them some of my instructors to do it is, is, is write down who their favorite coach is, write down mm-hmm. why it was their favorite coach, and then ask you, are you doing those things with the kids you're coaching, Right. And that's that's really important to people because you know why that coach made such an impact on you, and then you got to have some self-reflection and say, "Am I doing that? What what made that coach successful? Am I doing that? Am I exuding that same thing that he brought to me?" So, right. um, um, one other question for you is: So when we talk about you know performance and and strength and stuff like that, and um, what kind of clients do you work with? Um, as far as like, you know, is it just junior players or players that are playing juniors or is it players that are playing college or, or do you even work with the youth athletes?
1: Where you go. I've I with kids from eight years old all the way, you know, to division one. Um, okay. it's, everyone needs it, right? Like everyone yeah. needs and coach, everyone needs to work on their, their skills off the ice to translate on the ice and their body and stuff. Um, You know the the approach we take with the different age levels is different um but yeah we i mean we don't say if a seven or eight year old kid comes in we don't say no like we're not gonna you're too young or whatever work with that right and you want the younger kids um more than the older guys right like because you have more of a a hand in their development when they're younger Um, and you can really form them into, you know, that really good athlete. If you focus on the right things. Yep. Uh, so, so those younger kids were, we're not touching weights, obviously, or we're, yep. we're really honing in on body mechanics, form um, proprioception, like just being aware of their body and how to use it in the right way. And that's what we, we focus on for those, I'd say from eight till 16. Sometimes they won't, they don't really touch a weight. Um, until you can you can show me that you know how to do this perfectly without weight you're not touching weights and you know we gotta if we gotta clean up some mechanic issues and how you move before you can move in weight we're gonna do that and it's only gonna help the athlete um and that's where things kind of get a little cloudy with the industry is everyone wants to just put up a lot of weight in the bar ones get stronger faster like when they're 17 and and yeah, like if you're ready for that, no problem doing it. Like I was lifting heavy when I was 16, 17. Um, but again, your form has to be there and how you are moving has to be the foundation. Cause if you can set that foundation for an eight year old, man, you're gonna have a deadly player when he's 15, 16, going into the USHL draft, OHL draft, BAM draft or whatever. Yep. Like if you set that foundation, they're gonna be one hell of an athlete. Um, you know, there's, there's the statistics that back that up with multi-sport athletes and, again, specialization of, of athletes and all that. So
0: Yeah, it's one know. thing parents have always asked me, and I I don't ever claim to be somebody who's, um, you know, qualified answer, you know, working out or programming or strength uh, questions, but I always try to point them in the right direction. But it is something that I've learned is that, like, there is a faux pas parents have about having their kids go to a gym or, or a strength coach. Mm-hmm young but i've but i've also said like if you go to the right ones they're going they're not going to put your kid squatting you know right off the bat like with a barbell and weights i'm like smart ones smart coaches are going to use you know you're, they're going to teach you form and mechanics and like um you know i, I was watching uh, a strength coach in, in Von and they were with young kids and they literally teach them how to like skip and jump and like and yeah. you're like, well, th- this is this is not like and parents like that's not what I paid for. I'm like, no, it is because yeah. you need to learn the mechanics of how your body moves. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is what they focus on is mechanics of your body and getting to understand your body and things like that. And you know, some parents just think, like I said before, they think, Well, it's just going to a gym and they're just gonna start like, you know doing a bench press. I'm like, no, you got it all wrong. Like, if they can teach your skater at six, seven, eight, I eight mean, i'm not six, but you know, young. How to correctly do form, then by the time you are 16, 17, 18, you can understand how to actually put weight on. And that's the other thing, too, is how many kids walk into the gym? Their parents are like, oh, he's 16 now, he can lift. And all of a sudden he walks into your gym, he, he's doing squats yeah. when he's like bent over like that. You know, you're like, what are you doing? And he's had no yeah, okay. training, right? <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy to me. Like, you know, you tell parents, like, it's, it's okay to send your kid to a strength trainer. he's gonna teach them to be an athlete first right and and that's what i've, I've always said to parents it, good hockey players are athletes first and then they learn how the other thing so
1: yeah and, and um, that's where you have to get the buy-in from the parents too right yeah you have to knock that off right away like you have to yep. get them to understand why we have to do things in certain ways and the the progression that needs to happen right and that's where using a different couple a different types of you know i guess mind games with them is is a good way of working some some parents like seeing statistics some parents like seeing the comparison to you know nhl players like oh okay mcdavid did this when he was 15 16 so okay so my kid should be doing this right so you have to you have to try to sell the parent as much as the kid as to why your program is structured
0: the right way and why we're doing things the way we're doing them yeah. And I think it's super important. And, and I maybe you can elaborate when I'm, uh, you know, kind of talking about this a little bit. But um, and and show us how to do it. But one of the biggest things it, that I tell parents is you have to ask questions. You have to do your research. You have to be an advocate for your kid. And that's important to people like, you know, you can't just go to any fitness and grab the person behind the desk and say, train my kid. Um, the, the person who trains your kids, they need to be knowledgeable. They need to understand what's going on. So if I was a first time parent walking in with a nine year old skater and I said, Hey, uh, I want, you know, I want my kid to be on a workout program. Like, what are some of the questions that parents should ask, you know, strength and conditioning coaches, performance coaches, um, to make sure they're getting the right coach for their kid?
1: Um, talk, try to talk to them about their philosophy. Um uh, yep. what? how they think things should be done the trainer being um and just try to pick their brain at and try to get some information out of them about how they plan on taking care of your your child right um you know there's do do your research obviously like background checks yeah and you know look see if you can find them on google and maybe you know like me like i have my strength page and stuff uh so you look on their strength page see what kind of stuff they're doing with what they're actively promoting and putting out there what kind of tell what their, their focus is from, from the posts that they make. Um, and then, yeah, just ask questions and, and question that person until you feel like you can trust them. Right. And if, if you have a trainer that gets offended when you're asking questions to make sure that they can trust you and you are going to give them the best product possible, then I think that trainer needs to kind of check their ego yeah. right uh, I mean you you're constantly learning as a as a professional right you're, mm-hmm. if the the time that you think you're ceiling you've reached your ceiling you're you're setting yourself up for failure I mean, I mean Paul Goodman and I work with him in the the Blackhawks he's always learning he's always researching and he's never said that okay, I know this I don't need to learn anything else it's a constant evol- evolution of just knowledge and getting better and you know that's why he's the winningest strength coach in the nhl has been there the longest in the league because he constantly wants to get better and is you know validating his success to his players and his ownership and yeah so i mean that that's it's very hard as a parent to to try to find a a trainer that you can trust and you know you think is going to be doing the right thing um so yeah
0: So what's one of the things to it. It's one of the things I often, uh, I get, I get, you know, parents, they Now this is just my thing from hockey. And I I laugh at parents when they say this sometimes, um, but sometimes parents judge a good hockey practice by how much their kids sweat and things like that. And I tell people like, like, you can't, like, like if you want your kid to sweat, I can just put them on the line and just bag skate them for an hour. And then is that going to be a good practice for you? Um, and that's sometimes what people do with working out. they just say, Well, if I go run fifteen miles, that's a good workout, right? <laughs> like you huh. know it's horrible on your body. like can you tell me what a great workout is?
1: That is the biggest I think issue um with everyone's view of of exercise right um so we have um obviously there's times in place, right. To kill yourself and yeah. you know, yourself. But when we, and this is where the trainer has to have a really good understanding of science and, you know, biology and how the body reacts to certain stimulus. Um, so yeah, the, the, the saying is stimulate, not annihilate. Right. Sure. Meaning don't want to throw our body through the ringer every workout just to, you know, make you sweat and and get you tired. That's that's not a good workout. A good workout is something that has a goal in mind, whether that's be, being to get that athlete stronger um, or help them, you know, produce max force, max power, um, get them quicker, you know, high-velocity stuff. So, it, I mean, if, if your workout is just getting yourself tired, getting your heart rate up, like every workout as an athlete, you need to kind of, like, step back, reassess what you're doing. And when we do, when we, I, when I see that it's mostly because they don't really have a goal. There's no goal at the end. They're kind of, you know, just going in the gym cause they want to, you know, quote unquote, stay in shape, which, you know, is great and all, but when we start talking about performance and, you know, making someone better, things have to be structured, organized, progressed logically Um, You know, so like, for example, you can't just do a bunch of quick feet drills and then pair it with, you know, um, like conditioning, right? It's just the science of the body and the energy systems being used within the body. They conflict and you get an interference effect to where your body is so confused with what's going on. it, It doesn't know if it's supposed to work quicker and be quick or if it's supposed to do be endurance and, and, you know, have longer endurance for the muscles and stuff. So it, it can't adapt. It doesn't know what to do. And then you just wasted a session. Yep. You just wasted a day of getting better. Um, so again, like the, be knowing science and having an understanding of how your body works is the most important thing when you're trying to structure a workout. And that's where, you know, having a coach is a knowledgeable coach is obviously beneficial. Um, and you know, a lot of old old time old school coaches are have that mindset of just be do as many reps as you can, like I don't care if they're if they're looking looking sloppy or you're getting bad reps, like I, I want you to work hard, I want you to you know break you down mentally. Yeah. Which again, time and place, there's a certain context for all that, but quality over quality over quantity is, is how I, you know, structure my stuff.
0: Yeah. And that's it's funny because and I mean, as you know, with hockey, you know, playing at the collegiate level, like you, you've also seen this firsthand and we tell coaches and, and sometimes you, I always have to tell parents, like, take a step back. Like you got to trust what your coach is doing. And to, uh, mm-hmm. like, for example, like, um, you know, we're doing a new development program in Fond du Lac where we're stressing to the younger groups. Like we're just going to do 99%, you know, individual skill-based, you know, uh, you know, practices and things like that. And, and some people are, are really like, you know, they're a little bit old school and they're like, no, we need to do systems. We need to do, and I'm like, no, like it's the same thing working out. Like you if you can't make a 10 foot pass, how are we supposed to run a proper breakout? Right? right. And people are trying to put the, you know, the cart before the horse like so much and it goes into, uh, you know, hockey goes into working out and things like that. And and you, you really kind of like you want parents and everyone else to take a step back and realize you know, what we're teaching, what's the overall goal, like, what are, what is our objectives here, you know, and, you know, some people tell me, well, we would have won more games if we would have had a system in place before Christmas, it's like, well, you know, like, you were running a two-one-two before your, se- you know, during your season, and, and the problem was your skaters were too slow, and they couldn't pressure the D, which was the point of the two-one-two. like, don't you get that, yeah. like, you, you would have, <laughs> you wouldn't have won any more games, like, your players aren't fast enough to run that system, because they don't have the talent, like, like, mm-hmm. and they don't understand. And the other thing too, actually I find funny when you talk to coaches about things like this is that they really love to sit there and tell kids where to be. And like, you know, like you say, old school coaches, just rip it out. Like, you know, just, you know, like just, just do as many as you can. And you're like, what? Like that makes no sense. (laughs) Like you you like, when you like, and you have coaches, they just tell you, do that, stand there. And they're like, they're trying to tell you what to do. And instead like, you don't, they're not, the kids aren't understanding why they're in that position. And, and coaches want to. They like you know, and it's the arrogance level. Some of our coaches just to get you to stand there, and then you know you we won the game because we played a perfect system. It's like who cares? They're 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 eight man. Like he's like grow up, right? And it's the same thing with old school workout coaches. I remember I remember like in high school people just no like how many you can get in a minute, and I'm like how many bench presses with just the bar in a minute? I'm like okay, like why and like and they don't tell you why I and mean, you know all of a sudden i'm only getting 30 one day and i'm like oh, i only do 30 and coach is like you're not working hard enough
1: like right i
0: don't i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> like you just told me to rip out 30 on a bar what am i supposed to do like um mm-hmm. so no it's that's a good point you bring you gotta have a goal in mind you gotta be able to work towards something we, and like it's the thing too is you gotta you gotta have a base right. right and i mean how many people have you talked in to in the in the workout world where you know, they come and do five sessions with you and they're like, oh, it wasn't that good. Like I wasn't tired. It's cause you, like, I'm sure you guys have to build the base just like hockey coaches have to build the base. Correct.
1: Yeah. And you know, that's where you kind of have to tote the line of giving the client what they want and what they need. Um, so I just had this conversation actually with, um, you know, the Anaheim duck strength coach where we were talking and we we're like, yeah, like right now it's, it's that time where, you know, everyone's kind of getting a little bit lazy or whatever. And, you know, when they get back in the gym, they're going to want to just jump right into it. And you can't just do that, right? Yeah. Your body's been out of the gym for almost three months now. You, you can't just throw 245 up on the bar and expect to to squat your 10 reps with it. Like, yeah. you have to work back into it and slow things down easier. Again, stimulate, not annihilate your body, you know, yeah. eat- easier way back into it um and yeah going back to that that five session question like and they tell you it's not hard enough that's where you have to explain to them and and again, try to convince them with the science and how we're doing things and and compare it to you know a professional NHL player or professional athlete if that's like what they're looking for or again bring up data and just have your facts ready for, you know, a counter argument almost. So you can convince them that we're doing this for a reason, you know, we're going to get to the stuff where I'm going to kill you, but you know, now we got to work on this and build up to that. Yeah.
0: Um, And that's, that's also too, you know, when you work out with people, one of the most difficult parts about working out, and this is from my perspective, I don't work out much, but um, (laughs) it's, it's that, um Instant success, right? um It doesn't happen, right? And the other part I t- I find with players and skaters, where they get discouraged, is that they don't see the progress they made, right? They it's the, the changes happen so small, and the kids, and you have to have patience. And I tell that to kids all the time. You have yeah. to have patience. It's a process. Like you won't see crazy results overnight. You're not gonna like go from, you know, benching, you know, 105 to 205 in a week. Like it's going to take it takes years. And it, and mm-hmm. and that's one thing I stress to kids when they're trying to grow their skills like, you know, and I tell parents when they sign up for classes like don't expect a miracle. Like this is a process and and you yeah. need to exude patience. And that's one of the great things about working out. It's like it, it's a journey, right? Like when you when you get kids in there to to try to learn how to become a better athlete, it takes it takes time and uh you've got to stress the parents like it's patience like trust me like it's um but um a couple last questions for you here um one of the things i'm kind of curious about is what advice do you have for parents like when they're looking to like you know they're looking to get into rule one sports and they're looking to start training at that high level like what are some of the things you tell parents as far as advice about you know, when is it to like, you know, put the pedal down for as far as working out and really go after it? Because you're not going to tell that to a 12-year-old. You're going to tell them, you're going right. to scale them back, right? When is it, like, what advice do you have to the parents when you're like, okay, it's pedal down, now it's time to start really, you know, transforming your 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 athleticism and things like that to make you a better hockey player?
1: So, I mean, when they can, when that athlete can show me that they can do the basics. Yep. It, now we, like we talked about earlier, we, we don't introduce weights until they can show me they can do a bodyweight squat perfectly. Yep. Um, so you you've got to you know you tell the parents we get that basic foundation down. You know we go we start going hard and you so like how I like to do is I tr- I trickle in some some advanced stuff within the program uh, s- slightly and in, in little bit of increments every you know time. So we do. You know, our online workouts with this stuff you know i've i've been introducing you know like some very advanced methods you know called like super lactate and stuff where it's very like simply you can do it with body weight but you know usually you're not seeing like a 15 year old doing it it's for those collegiate guys guys that have been working out five or six years but you know we've, i've morphed it to where you know a 15 year old 12 year old can do it and they get benefit out of it um so again, just giving them a little bit of a sneak peek of like what we're going to do and like what they're going to build up to is a good way of you know introducing that to the parent and the athlete at the same time. Um, and I mean, we'll so I'll use a a player of mine that I'm I'm more with right now that plays in the North American League. Uh, so you know, we're right now we're doing a very slow, not like a slow moving kind of process right now, but he's been out of the gym for two, three months. So we're doing, you know, alternating one rep at a time, just working back and forth between two exercises for five minutes. He has a five minute timer. He's just doing alternate one, 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 one until the five minutes is up. Uh, you know, I've introduced mouth taping. So he's only breathing through his nose. So we're now we're getting a little bit of aerobic capacity in him to, again, build on to our next, you know, phase of our, program we want for him and right now it's kind of mundane and it's kind of boring but um you know he has to do it and he understands that though that this next four weeks of him in the gym is going to kind of be built like that and then you know um six weeks later we're hitting max strength you know he's going to be we're going to be working on his max uh force output and getting his back squat stronger and hitting those 100 percent one rep max loads at 90 percent one rep max and again, then we're really ramping it up, but his body isn't ready for it. So again, I've I've done a good enough job to relay that, that information to him to where he understands that things are slow right now, but it will ramp up and he's gonna he's gonna regret not not having the, the slowness.
0: Yeah, I would tell you, my number one complaint with working out is that it's so easy to fall out of shape. And it's yeah. so hard to get back into shape. It's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's so difficult. Like, you know, you take a couple of weeks off and you're like, Oh, that was great rest. And then you're like, yeah. let's do a 45 minute workout. And kind of like I've done where you, you, you go back to what you did in your last workout. And then you're like 20 minutes in, you're like, this is insane. Like what just happened to me? You know? And, yeah. and, you know, for all these athletes that are out there right now dur- during the safer at home, it's it's uh, it's great to see that some players haven't skipped a beat. In fact, they've probably like, upped their workouts to get back and ready to go. And then yeah. you, all, I mean, you have another people who, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with the either two because I do always tell people there also is a great time to relax, refresh yeah. yourself. Like you shouldn't be like we tell hockey players, don't play hockey 12 months of the year. I'm sure working out the same way you might you might work out 12 months a year, but two months of those uh, two months or three, whatever it may be like you need to scale it back, like let your body rest. And like, yeah. that's, I mean, I mean, I mean, can you go into detail, about like how important is rest and, and things like that for you in your field? It's the most important thing,
1: right? Like we, we, so when our athletes come back from a season, you know, like especially a junior season where you're playing like 60 games, even teams they're playing like 70 games now or whatever. Um, I tell them first two, three weeks when you, your season ends, like do nothing. I, I don't want you to touch away like we've been like working out during the season maintaining. I want you to mentally and physically reset. Do something fun. Go on vacation, you know, go hit the beach, go ride your bike or whatever, you know, just you know, be a kid, have fun. And then you know, when we get back into it, we you know, we we want to have active rest days where you know we're working out but it's at a much lower intensity um so a lot of we we typically want to go five to six days a week working out Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean every single day we're going to be squatting heavy or benching heavy or you know some days it'll be on monday we'll we'll squat really heavy um then wednesday you know we have a day in between that muscle group wednesday will be lighter weight and you know a little bit more dynamic effort and moving think. working on moving lightweight fast and just that's a way of recovery, right? You don't have, to. it's better to actually do something for your body to recover than to actually just sit on your couch and not do anything. Um, like, um, I think that's where some people get confused though. Like you can recover and work out. It's what that's doing is bringing the oxygen and circulating the blood through your body to, Mm -hmm. You know bring those proteins and nutrients to the muscles uh, more efficiently so like i said those active rest days when you're lighter weight kicking back the volume a little bit that's actually going to help you more um you know focusing more on mobility that day or like prehab stuff um so yeah like i i utilize that a lot and you know um relate to our athletes that you know recovery and resting is probably the most important thing um, you know, I always ask the first thing, first question I ask when they get in the gym or they they check in for their workout, how do you feel today? Yep. Um, based on what they say, you know, we either say, oh, I'm feeling really good. Okay, we're going to keep – workouts going to stay the same. We're not going to change anything. Oh, I'm feeling a little, like, kind of really tender right now. Okay, let's knock back the volume, lower the weight a little bit, and recover. Um, so, yeah, that's – it's – again, this is where the science and – and knowing all that kind of comes into play and and the research and, and stuff is really helpful to, you know, max maximizing performance and, um, the potential of your athlete.
0: You brought up something awesome that I, I, I you know, it's, it's important, you, up, you know, mentally taking a break, you know, yeah. and that's one of the things I've, I've told hockey players all the time is, you know, and this is for the youth kids that I've coached and, um, you know, and a lot of the kids you coach um, and I tell parents this too, is that, you know, you get, you get done with a tournament on Sunday and sometimes parents or kids are going to be like, they either had a really good tournament or maybe they didn't play so well and they want to work on things. But the, one of the things I always tell them, the worst thing you can do is after a long weekend of games is Monday morning, jump right back into things and get that. Like, you know, I'm like, it's, it's better for you to take that day. Relax. Yeah. Um, you know, try to, if you can't stop thinking about it, that's fine. Write down some things, but try just to forget about it for a day, right and then you know maybe on Tuesday you start getting back into it because you need your mind to be there for your body right you need is if your mind's not there, your body's not going to follow suit. And yeah. a lot of people don't realize that when it comes to the like hockey that I mean hockey is the sport i in my opinion where your brain matters the most I yeah. mean. You have so many things going on where it's, you have the puck, you know, you got a player open to your left. You got a player open to your right. You know, you got another guy who's 200 and something pounds barreling down at you to hit you. You got to worry about skating on something that's an eighth of an inch thick while carrying a, you know, a 10 ounce puck. Like, and you have have an infinite amount of options, right? and, and, if that brain isn't working, the body's not going to work either. You're going to consistently make a wrong mistakes. So take that time after long weekends and things. And parents, like I always tell the parents too, like on the road trips home after long weekends, you're not going to get the answers you want from yeah. your kid, right? Like they're tired. They're exhausted. Their brain's usually off. Like, so when you're asking them in the car ride home, like, Hey, what did coach say about this? Like it's not the answer you're going to get, or Hey, why didn't you do this? You should have moved the puck there. Like they're not going to give you the answer they don't want because they're exhausted. And when you're exhausted, your brain stops. Yeah. You know, maybe have that conversation on Tuesday, you know, when the kid kind of can kind of remember it or maybe not, but Mondays is give the people a break and just let them, let them be a kid. Let them think about things. And um, you know, like you said, give them a mental break because even mental break, you're gonna, you're, it's going to improve your performance. Like, I mean I love that you said you two or three weeks off. That's 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 awesome. I like, guess what you got to do. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, well it's all about sustainability, <laughs> right? Like yeah. the the percentage is 70% of kids at age 13 quit their sport and that's cuz they're so burnt out and they've done it so much and they just don't enjoy it anymore. <laughs> like you're, yeah. we're all we're all human, right? We got to take a break at some point. It Doesn't mean you're you're mentally mm-hmm. weak or or anything like you're you're taking care of your body you're taking care of your mind and the kids who have the love of the sport will keep coming back um but it's it's really easy to burn that out of someone by just constantly doing it and constantly doing it and just the routine is the same every day every day just killing yourself it just it just gets too much for kids it's, and i think it's super important to to take that into account when you're you know working with people um, and making sure they're mentally healthy and they're enjoying what they're doing.
0: Yeah, that's funny because that's the other thing too. Is like, how many times do you get like? Because I get it all the time with kids. Oh, don't worry, my kid loves this. Like, it's all he talks about. It's all he wants to do. I'm like, is does he or is yeah. it you? Because that's where I always come in. Like, you, you can't do something. I don't care what parent. Like, there might be point zero 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 one percent of players in the NHL who legitimately from six years old to time in the NHL was all hockey all the time. Like, yeah. I mean, it, and, and tr- I love it when parents are like, they tell me that their kids that one, you know, that, that, that small percentage of the kid never turns off. Cause I'm like, that's just not, it's not true. I'm like, yeah. it's like your kid needs to turn off no matter how much you tell me. He loves hockey and he loves playing the sport. Like you can't go from hockey practice, you know, in the afternoon to work out in the evening to Monday morning or Tuesday morning workout. You know what I mean. Like you can't sis- consistently do this thing. Like you need to turn off. You need to be able to to take some time, right? Take
1: it. Take it away from him. It's just only gonna raise his love yep. for it. Even if he truly wants to do it all the time. If you give, make him, force him to take a break from it, it'll just make his love for the game just keep growing, right? Yeah. Like it just. oh uh, Yeah. Like it's so important to to take breaks and and just. Keep that love of the game, because it, it it leaves pe- so many kids really early, and you don't even see it coming sometimes.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's where I mean, how many players have you played with that had an incredible amount of talent that just they burned out? They went away, right? It just you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's unfortunate.
1: Played with had just don't play anymore. <laughs> like. I legit yeah. had changed that division one scholarships and they just got burnt out. You know, it wasn't fun for them anymore. Took it too much, took too seriously, did it too much. And it's a shame to see, hate to see that.
0: Yeah. That's the other thing too, you see a lot. And this is where I, I see it at the adult hockey league level. And, um and you know, it's, it's unfortunate and we're talking adult hockey, so it's not like that important, but it still is. But how many players you see that after they're done with college, um, they're they're like done done like they don't touch they don't even want to touch the skates anymore right they're like yeah. they're either so burnt out or they're so aggravated by you know situations or things or circumstances that happen to them and like that's not good either <laughs> you know like hey. like <laughs> yeah i love it i mean yeah i like i love playing hockey it's one of those things where like i have you know i've had so much fun after college um that i can't i can't even begin to tell you like it, it i don't, I don't want to say it was more fun than college, but I had I had a wild ride and it was awesome. And um, and that's where like it was it was because I didn't get burnt out, right? Like I had a you know time after college where you know three four months I was like oh I was depressed over, but like I still like I still would give anything yeah. right now to play you know in an organized league and you know I got a family now or kind of prohibits that. But every time I get on the ice, I love it. I enjoy it. It's something that it doesn't stop mm-hmm. for me, and that's. Where you can see, like you know, it's unfortunate when players do get out of the college hockey. They're like, "No, I'm done." Like, and you're like, "Oh, it's, that's unfortunate." You know, you you love this sport for the last 24 years of your life. Now you're just you're done. Like, but oh, yeah. um, but uh, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, I just want to say this was awesome. Like, this is uh, this, is, this is an, it was an awesome interview, and I'm hoping people got there. Do you have any uh, last advice you'd like to give to people? Um, you know, before we sign off.
1: Um, I mean, I would say like advice to a kid is, you know, something that we don't see being said too often. You know, you hear people saying, work hard, work hard, just be the hardest worker, be a good person, right? Mm-hmm. Like really focus on that. You're, you're more than just an athlete, right? Like you're a human you don't realize it like now at like the age you are, but you, like even at 12, you can have an impact on some eight year old that looks up to you, right? Like, be a good person, be a leader in everything you do, like on or off the ice. Like it's, this is so much more than just hockey or working out. You know, it's, it's, it's so important to just be good humans to each other and, you know, be role models, be supportive of, of people you meet and stuff. So that's, that's my advice to, you know, anyone and anyone can take that advice. Right. We all, we all need to work being better people at times and, you know, being more supportive and helping, helping people instead of, tearing them down
0: yeah so well that's an awesome piece of advice to end on I just want to say thank you again for coming on this has been, a, I mean, been an awesome interview to have and uh, for everyone else out there we are back on Wednesday and Friday from views from the bench we do have a little switch up uh, we are gonna have Doug bossy on Wednesday who is a Chicagoan um, uh-huh. and then I uh, on Friday we have a uh, Robbie Coleman on so that should be a dangerous interview with Coleman on tap <laughs> on Friday so uh, get your popcorn ready guys for that one Um, But uh, thank you again for coming on. This has been awesome and very, very enlightening. So everyone out there, stay safe um, and good luck.
1: Thank you.